Hello, you beautiful soul. Welcome to the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast. I'm your co-host, Rachel Varga, the beauty side of Beauty and the Biohacker. If you would like to pick my brain as to all the wonderful ways that we can optimize your skin and rejuvenation journey, book your one-on-one with me. If you would like to work with Katie to optimize your sleep and biohacking journey, book a one-on-one with Katie. You can learn more about booking with us in the show notes of this episode or head on over to beautyandthebiohacker.com and you can find our one-on-one booking links there. Be sure to use promo code BB15 for 15% off of your one-on-one session with Katie or I. Enjoy today's episode. Coming up on Beauty and the Biohacker. I just fully believe that everyone can heal everything and I will you know, be committed to them until they can do that. And the same with the dojo now is my commitment is that anyone that works through the dojo work and asks questions and really commits to getting better will get better if they want to. Welcome to Beauty and the Biohacker, where we explore the latest tools and trends in self-care, aesthetics, and peak performance to help you live your most beautiful life from the inside out. I'm your co-host, Rachel Varga, a board-certified aesthetic nurse specialist since 2011 with over 19,000 rejuvenation treatments performed on thousands of patients. And I'm Katie Moore, a self-proclaimed biohacker with three years of self-experimenting in the space of health and wellness technology. I'm on a mission to help you achieve success without sacrificing your health or happiness through my YouTube channel, Katie Type A. So join us as we sit down with some of the biggest innovators in the health space, the movers and shakers of the wellness world, and unpack some of the biggest secrets in the skincare and longevity space. We are Beauty and the Biohacker, and we're thrilled to have you along for the ride. Welcome, friends. What's up? You are tuning into another episode of Beauty and the Biohacker with the lovely Rachel Varga, who is donning an awesome beanie today, if you guys are watching on the YouTube channel. So we're so happy to have you here. And just a friendly reminder, PSA, to get this out of the way, if you are not already subscribed to the podcast or our YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe and check out all of our resources, our favorites page, all that goodness on beauty and the biohacker and hit the bell.com. Hit that bell. I knew that was coming. I could see that from a mile away, Rachel. Best part of the show. Best part. So I'm really excited for today's episode because not only is this a personal friend, but he is just one of the most interesting also, Joe Dispenza fan, by the way, I forgot to mention oh, that. That's good company. Uh, and and just like has a totally different approach to pain management mm. and healing injuries that I have never seen done before. And so when you come across somebody with such a skill set like this, it's it completely blows you away. And I couldn't wait to get him on the show. He's a it's also like a you know a travel buff, and so he's been all around the world lately, but. He finally had a moment to t- come take a time with us. And so I'm so excited for you guys to meet Skip Kelly. And let me just tell you a little bit about him before we get started. Uh, he likes to refer to himself as your friendly neighborhood fulfillionaire, adorable, uh, whom at the age of 18 injured five intervertebral uh, discs in his lower back. And it basically left him in chronic pain for like three years. So what did he do? He was a biohacker. He sought to really kind of figure out the education that he needed to heal himself. And so on this journey of healing, he also started helping others. 
and has really never stopped the search for seeking deeper truths about the body and about life. So he has a company, in case you guys want to check them out after this. It's called The Thrive Dojo. And he's been creating an entire ecosystem through this platform to help people heal. So without further ado, Skip Kelly, I am so, so happy to have you here on the show. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for all of that. That was wonderful. I'm I'm really excited to give all the knowledge and feel into all the things that we can uh, help people with today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so why don't we, you know, I know a little bit about your background, but I think it's important for our listeners to just have a little bit of context. What was your personal background, your professional background? What was pain in your life before you created this system? Yeah. So <clears throat> I'll give a little bit of context that I'm sure we'll get into later why some of this context is in there that doesn't make as much sense right away. When I was 18 years old, I uh, didn't go to college, couldn't afford to, couldn't figure out how to pay for it. But in the process of figuring that out, I got hired by a motivational speaker to be kind of his right-hand man and uh, work with him f like all over the country. Um, actually, San Francisco is one of my most notable memories that we went, and there was this place called Golden Boy Pizza that we went to. But basically, I, I worked with him, and I asked him, like, why would he hire me? Like, why was I his first person that he ever worked with and brought on to help him? And he said it was because of my energy. There was no other explanation. There were no skills or anything, but just the energy. And I thought that was really interesting as an 18-year-old. And so I did that for a year and a half. While doing a bunch of other stuff, I taught rock climbing. Um, I worked at Front Desk for Lifetime Fitness, which is a really big, bougie health chain here in America and Canada. And in that whole process, uh, he eventually was like, Skip, I really want to help you build your own brand in the speaking career. And I actually said no. Um, I was 19 at the time, and I said, I need to go out in the world and get a bunch of experiences and learn things. And little did I know... Um, when I had started working with him, I was playing soccer recreationally one day and just got into a horrible accident where if you can imagine your right heel scorpioning and hitting the back of your head and uh, I heard all these pops and cracks. I wasn't necessarily in significant pain right out of the gate. Um, I just felt very weird as any 18-year-old resilient body would. And then three months later, I had been slowly kind of getting back into the gym even though it felt really weird. And then one day I was doing leg lifts on, a, on an incline bench, like definitely something I would not encourage anyone to do these days. And as I was doing it, I heard more pops and cracks and collapsed immediately, started crying and had my friends drag me out of the gym. And that's when I really found out what had happened with the intervertebral discs being herniated and um, all in really interesting in different ways. I'd clearly been messing them up since the soccer accident. And then, yeah, it was it was three years of trying to figure out all kinds of stuff. So that was part of the reason I didn't build my own speaking career at that time. I went into corrective exercise because along the way of trying to fix my own injury, I realized I had learned so much that could help other people with less serious issues. So it felt so good to be able to help someone with like a torn ACL, which was like a much simpler injury at the time. And along that process, I specifically remember there was one moment, this lady, Norma, and she was a really great client. She was like a grandmother. She, she treated me like a grandson is always that kind of relationship. And she was doing step ups one day and she had had this horrible knee injury and we had helped a little bit, but the things that I had been learning 
you know, you'd have to sit someone down and they'd have an injury like that where she had a hip replacement and some torn ligaments in her knee. And I'd be like, okay, we're going to try this process for six months and then we'll do a check-in and see if you're feeling better. And that was normal to tell people that, that we have to do three months, six months, a year, and then let's see if we've progressed. Um, which now sounds insane to me because the whole premise of the Thrive Dojo is like, if you find the right thing in 60 seconds, you will feel different. Imme like immediate, and people are always like, what? And then it happens. And they're like, oh, wow, okay. It doesn't mean it's gone. It doesn't mean it's, it's like you're healed, but it does mean like, oh, now we know that this can help. How do we continue to get that feeling again and again and again and build resilience? So... I kept trying things. I did, uh, you know, proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation, which I always make a joke that it's actually defacilitation, but that's a conversation we can get into later. You know, um, functional movement patterns back when that was all starting. Lots of like really interesting assessment protocols that were all like very detailed, but I thought kind of were all working off of the same philosophy. And that philosophy, unfortunately, at the time was there is something wrong with your body and we need to fix the wrong thing, um, which is not what we work with in the dojo. So as I kept going, one day I discovered uh, that the top trainer in Minnesota and really the top trainer in the country for Lifetime had this one certification that no one else had. I asked him about it. He's not a very talkative guy. He was like, yeah, you should do it. That was like his entire advice for it. So I went and took like a weekend and instantly that weekend, the back pain was gone. I, do, I wasn't even having it done to me, but just learning it and learning the different methodology of being like, oh, maybe it's not so much about fixing the broken thing as it is about improving the system as a whole. And if I can improve the system, the system will heal me. I don't have to heal that thing. So that's kind of the basis of what I took from it. And this isn't necessarily what they were teaching, but it was the basis of what the dojo was born of many years later. So this is now 2010, 2011, something like that, which you'd think to me doesn't sound like that long ago, which tells us we're getting old because now I'm like, oh my God, that's 11, to, 11 or 12 years ago that this happened. Like, that's crazy. And... Yeah, things got crazier from there, you know, but I did get, I got bullied a lot professionally because of my, the difference in my mindset and the difference in, you know, I had gotten quite jaded leading up to this because I was so, I felt so bad about telling people that it was going to take as long as it would take to potentially see differences. And then I was so new in the career that not, people were happier for sure, but they weren't necessarily like better, right? They weren't healing um, so we were if anything we were keeping their stuff from degrading but they definitely weren't necessarily getting better um, although certain aspects of their life were right they had more energy they smiled more and that's a lot of like my energy infusing into them over time and like talking about their life and their emotions which now is i realize extremely important and took me a long time to figure that out so time went on and eventually i became really good at healing people's stuff really quickly, um, objectively healing their stuff really quickly, right? But then I would move and I, I would, it was almost like Batman. Like I was like, oh, Gotham is healed and I need to go to the next place and find the next batch of people to heal and then like spread it to them. And then I would move and I would move and I would just keep healing people everywhere I went. But when I would move all the people that I had worked with, they didn't necessarily go back to where they started, but they, they weren't 
able to stay fully healed and then they would i mean this is aging right like we're all getting older all the time right and we're all aging and what i consider aging is like gathering experiences that degrade the body which you know could be a hike up a mountain even if it's a beautiful thing like you tweak your knee and then that just adds up over time so i figured gosh i gotta get some sort of a system some sort of a system that people can do on their own and learn like why they're because it's simple in my head it seemed so simple like how they were getting better so i'm like how can i teach them a way to do it on their own where they can continue to get better when i'm not around based on the same science and and logic even that i'm using to improve them and that's where what i originally called priming was born which has evolved into the dojo these days but it took a long time because the thing that sucked about priming is i would work with someone and i would take some videos of weird exercises for them to do and just send them those videos like airdrop you know and people when they did it did get a lot better and did feel better and i did have some people that did it consistently for themselves and it was amazing but that was like 10 percent of people would do it for themselves they really needed the accountability to do it which is where one day like out of really nowhere like i had built this whole filming and this audio skill set and i produced music and one day i was like how could i make this addictive like, how could I make it fun for people to do it on their own to the point where they're like, yeah, I just, I want to do it every day or every week or however often they needed to do it. Right. And that's when the first dojo track was born where I put beautiful music and I recorded it. And cause the truth was while I was giving people custom exercises to do for their body and their issues, like I said earlier alluded to, it's not really about healing your problem. It's about healing the system. So I think of it like this. So if you have an injury right now, or if you have anything you're dealing, and I'm talking physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is, if I it, just to simplify it, imagine it as a scale, right? Like a one to a hundred. And this is really simple. This is not this is not a blanket statement. But if you just imagine it like this, if you're at forty nine point nine percent or lower on things that are functioning well, emotionally, spiritually, physically, right, mentally then you're in a constant state of degradation where it's actually, there's so much of the system that's not working well that you're constantly going downhill. You're, you're aging, right? If you're at 50.1% or higher, so many things are working well that you're actually healing every day. There's, there's enough positive that it's actually, it's kind of like the idea of like crabs in a bucket. If there's actually enough crabs outside the bucket pulling crabs up, you're actually going to get better every day versus too many crabs inside the bucket, pulling the other crabs down and you're getting worse every day. So I was like, don't worry about doing the right thing for you. Worry about doing the thing. Just keep healing the system. And so that's, that's what we created. And ever since I created that first dojo track, it's just been, how can I make it more powerful? How can I help people understand why it's helping? Because there's an element of it where you could, you could literally right now go and do a dojo track and you will feel better. And you don't have to understand why you feel better. You could literally just follow along. And so many people are like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? I'm like, it doesn't really matter. It's going to help you. However, if you then get the mental understanding of how this stuff works, why your system heals the way that it does, why I've created the tracks the way I do, that's what the courses are for, of understanding the mental side of it. And the more you understand, even if I teach it poorly, you're going to actually get more benefit from doing the work itself. And then emotionally, over time, let's say you do one track every day for three days. 
and then your partner or your mom or someone triggers you and you suddenly don't feel physically triggered, but you feel mentally triggered and you're like, what's going on with my body? Why do I feel so much calmer? It's a very similar effect to really high quality meditation where your nervous system, because we've been regulating it and healing it, is actually more regulated and more healed all the time. So when things would normally affect you, you start to notice emotionally you're responding differently to your life. So now you're like, okay, physically this thing is making me feel better and mentally I'm starting to understand why it does that. So it's actually amplifying the effect. And then emotionally now I'm bought in because I'm noticing the difference even three, four, five, seven days later. And then there's the spiritual component which goes way deeper into the course and into the work. And as people, like I just had someone uh, 45 minutes ago who I saw just before getting on the show uh, in person. And he just came up and was like, I have to do a testimonial for you. I was doing like this work the other day. I had this hip injury and I had this huge emotional breakthrough and this like awakening doing the, the stuff in the dojo, which is not something that I talk about while you're doing it. But people always have this experience when they do it for, let's say, a month. They're like a month in, they're doing it a few times a week, and then suddenly they're like, why did I see God when I was doing this? Or whatever they, you know, Allah or something, right? They have some sort of spiritual epiphany. They see the universe. And I'm like, because you're really, really tuned into your body, and your body's in a good place, which like in Fulfillionaire, the thing I say is number, step number one towards living a beautiful life is becoming a vessel for inspiration. And a big part of that is your physical health. Like if, if your body is in pain, if you're stressed out, if you have this nervous system that's always wacky, it's really hard to receive inspiration from anything, from anyone, from any place, from anywhere, right? And as we regulate the nervous system, as we get into that, that regenerative state, that 50.1% or above that I talk about, then suddenly you're open to so many things, whether that's uh, you love your partner more deeply, you um, are more connected to whatever spirituality you're tuned into, or you're just more passionate about your work and you thought the work was the problem. And in reality, it's not always the problem. It could be, but maybe it's not. Honestly, what you're talking about is like transmission healing. And I've actually been doing this type of practice for about 10 years. So I have a couple of questions for you, but first I just want to lend some commentary because exactly what you're talking about is how I regulate my nervous system. It's it's actually really the only way I can do it. And biohacking for pain, obviously that goes without saying. But uh, yesterday I actually had a session with, with one of my uh, psychotherapists and we dove into this because one of the reasons I'm wearing a beanie today and like different particular clothing is to protect me from electromagnetics and also AI. And one of the things that we need to think about when we're thinking about healing the body or possible interferences, and we need to literally will our health and vitality and vibrancy and a couple other things here, literally will your molecules, atoms and cells into lawful alignment. And then once every ounce of your energy is in the right direction and you're confident in it, then you can create this, you know, willingfulness of eliciting healing. And uh, you, before doing this, you have to have a very clear intention that over the coming years, you are also going to be dreaming resilience, 
into your field. Now that's going to be like really, really deep for a lot of people tuning in here, but transmissions are very powerful for nervous system regulation. It's really the only way that I have been able to do it over the last couple of weeks. I was feeling some interference. I'm really curious um, when you are literally, you're transmitting, I mean, let's, let's just get to, down to the, the nitty gritty crux of it. What energy are you transmitting? So I work with like Christ consciousness, direct connection to source, like lots of really cool things getting into more um, like magic right now, because magic at its core um, is very pure and quite beautiful and healing and lots of access, you know, for um, living our lives in a really like gleeful, joyful, fulfilling kind of way. So what are you tuning into? Okay. So we talked a little bit about, um, like I'm a Joe Dispenza, you know, study or practitioner or whatever you would call that. Like, uh, I do the work regularly and for a, a good amount of time there, I was doing, you know, three, four hours a day of this type of work, not just Joe, but also other things as well. And the dojo itself, I would say is a, it's a meditative practice. And, you know, in regards to anyone who's like listening or watching this, when, when we go off the deep end and say things like this, it's like, it can seem so far away uh, living through this inspiration or, or getting this, like this beautiful information from fifth dimensional beings or whatever it can seem so far away and if you're in that place where you you want to like get there the reason i created the dojo the way it is is because all it takes really is like something very earthly something very 3d and physical so the dojo is like a practice where if sitting still for 20 minutes and trying to meditate is really tough you don't necessarily have to do that. So the dojo is like, you can be physically doing something and you don't even have to be thinking about the spirituality of it. It's just going to allow you to sit still and focus on one thing at a time for 20, 30 minutes. We even have one track that's like 52 minutes long. I don't know if Katie, you've tried the XL, but it's I have, pretty intense. I've tried them all. And I, I want to just like say one blanket statement that I think will help because it certainly helped me put things into context. And this is full credit to our mutual friend, all of our friends, Kyle got camera. He once called it the perfect meditation for your muscles. And I think that kind of just like makes sense. And when you do the work, you feel it. It's like this calming energy vibration through up and down your entire body through your spine working on those muscles and there's just like this serene like feeling you get after it that is akin to doing a 45 minute hour-long meditation it's just it's just so much more simplified and condensed and it slows your aging at the same time because your cells are going to be functioning in a more optimized state also so this isn't just like a super detached woo from like 5d 3d 11d whatever like there's so many different types of dimensional energies out there that are actually at our disposal we just have to kind of learn about them so i love talking about this stuff case can't tell <laughs> yeah yeah so you know what rachel's talking about is I'm, I'm assuming she's probably spoken about this before on the show so i can assume some context for people here but basically there was a moment um about three years ago two years ago i got 
Um, I mean, I've had a lot of like weird things happen. So to give the full context, I'm not an athlete. I was never athletic. I sucked at all sports. I tried really hard, but I was never good at sports until I started to heal my back and I started to train uh, as an amateur MMA fighter. And I remember my very first class in jujitsu, I had already done some, some stand-up Muay Thai. And in jujitsu, I went in and they put all the white belts, like brand new people against blue belts who are like three to five years deep, maybe, right? And I like remember going to fight that blue belt and being so scared, so scared, because you're not allowed to hit or anything. So all my background was in hitting. And I'm like, oh man, this guy's going to tear me apart because I can't use anything that I know. And I have to restrain all that, that skill. And immediately the instructor gave us like one move to practice on each other. And this blue belt's looking at me like he's going to crush me. And I'm like, oh man. And uh, throughout the entire day, I, um, I just overcame like every blue belt they threw at me like pretty, pretty easily. And I was like, this is really strange. Like I have all this fear, but there's something like in me that's, that's allowing this knowledge to, to be more than, um, conceptual. Like it's experientially like something in my body was doing this and it wasn't me. So that was kind of like the first flash of what's going on. Cause I'm not an athlete. So why is this happening? And then when I started healing people more, um, I mentioned Norma earlier. So she was doing the step up exercise and she went, she was like laughing hysterically. I don't remember what joke I was telling. And she like started to slip and like fall off the step up because she was laughing so hard. And I had this jolt of electrical energy come through me of like immense pain. So I like, I got her supported her and she stabilized. And then I fell down because of how much pain I was in all of a sudden. And I was like, what is happening? That's really strange. And that actually still happens to this day um, when I'm with people who I'm like helping. And if they cringe or anything, it's like, I get this, this jolt. So I was like, okay, that's, that's also really strange. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. And then at some point, like I say, become a vessel for inspiration because I, the book, the science of getting rich talks about this, where it says, um, it says, the universe wants to express through you. And the more you develop your skills, the more you develop who you are, the more it gets to express. So it's really excited for you to get better at anything that you want to get better at so that it can continue to express, right? So then we fast forward to, I'm doing a Joe Dispenza meditation. This is like after I got into that world of healing people and I went really deep and I was like the youngest person ever to get like the certain certification and all this stuff. And then before I knew it, I was working with like billionaire CEOs and Olympic athletes. And I was like 23, 24, 25 years old. It was crazy, right? Because I was so deep in it. And when I would work with people, I would give them to other practitioners and those practitioners wouldn't have the same experience with these people. And I was very confused by that because these other practitioners had been studying so much longer and had so many more background things. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what's happening here other than I care a lot about these people getting better. And I refuse to believe in any sort of restriction in their ability to heal. I just fully believe that everyone can heal everything and I will you know, be committed to them until they can do that. And the same with the dojo now is my commitment is that anyone that works through the dojo work and asks questions and really commits to getting better will get better if they want to, or 
I will continue to develop more content to help them until they can figure it out. But I fully believe it's possible even without me physically present. So I'm doing a Joe Dispenza meditation last year, really, really deep. And um, it's beautiful. I have a couple cool experiences, past life, whatever, you know, beautiful visualizations. And then on the final day of the advanced follow-up retreat, which is like all advanced students in Marco Island, he's like, you know what? I made a decision today. I'm going to do a new meditation with you guys instead of what we had planned. And the whole dojo is based on the nervous system and what I understand about the electrical system of the body and your brain and your heart and how those things work together to, because that's how you move. You move, you're an electrical body, right? And that's what the whole science is based on. And Joe goes, we're going to do a new meditation. It's pretty intense. I've been playing with it for the last year or so. And he goes, and it's called your electric body. And I immediately was like, Oh God, what's going to happen to me right now? If we, like, I don't even know what it entails, but I could just feel big energy around it. And as we're doing it, maybe 10 minutes in, I start like doing the thing he's asking for, which is visualizing electricity around my body. And I'm one of those people in the audience that starts to quote unquote pop where I'm like convulsing. There's all this energy going around my body and uh, I won't go to the whole story, but it's pretty crazy. I see if you've ever seen the Avengers movies, which is weird because I have a group called the Avengers and in it I'm Thor. And I, there was never really, this is all makes sense really soon here. And I see this portal opening up in the distance, which kind of looks like the Bifrost from Avengers and the Thor movies. It's like a, a big portal, right? And I can tell it's like light years away, but it's coming at me really fast. And I'm like, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? And then it hits me. And it, it doesn't hit. It's not really a hit. It's sort of like it connects with my soul and it starts pulling energy between me and whatever it's coming from. And I, I'm doing all this like movement on the ground and stuff. And all these like downloads are coming, like this knowingness is coming over me. And there are a lot of little things happen. This portal jumps from me to like other people in the room and then comes back through me and then jumps to someone else and comes back through me and jumps to someone. And I'm literally, I am becoming like some sort of a vessel to reach other people in Where this room. Where did you feel like point. it was jumping from like a place in your heart, perhaps? It was like my solar plexus, my heart, my whole torso really is where it was coming through. It was really interesting. And then at one point it like calmed down the feeling and then I just saw this whole like uh, army, if you will, of like giant golden figures. And in particular, there were two of them. And one of them, the knowingness, right? They're not like communicating. It's just like a knowing that happens. And it's all very fast. And one of them was like this electrical being, right? Who had like a certain proficiency or expertise over that. And I could instantly feel that, I don't know like where we come from or what we come from, but in this experience, I knew that I came from this being, right? And that he was like it. I don't want to say he because it, it wasn't really like that, but it was like doing work through me. And that's why all of this stuff happened the way it happened. And I, I think I mentioned like two years ago, I got electrocuted. I'm not sure if I, I mentioned that. I got electrocuted, long story short, Jeffrey Allen, this like really famous energy healer who's a close friend of mine, happened to be there um, a couple weeks later at a Mind Valley event. And he told me that my mediumship channel got blasted wide open and like all this stuff happened. And ever since then, I can feel like electricity in the room. 
And then I did this one thing with the breath work and it like balanced out the electricity in my body. Long story short, the knowingness came over and it goes, all of this has happened very intentionally and you needed to have these experiences so that you could continue to do this work um, that this entity like wanted, right? This like helping people understand how this system feels not just like cognitively understanding it because that can get really intense and i don't want people to get bogged down in like afferent and efferent neurons and like all the the science of it but i want people to feel it and it's very easy to feel it and in this moment this entity was like i just realized that there was this really deep connection and then there was another entity kind of next to it um, that was a totally different thing and that's like I haven't gotten to interact with that one much, but I can see that that's going to be a big part of my life soon. And then there's like a whole army behind them. And we all maybe come from them and we all have our own like things that they're trying to express through us. Right. So that all being said, um, that's, that's why the dojo exists is to help people feel and experientially understand how to heal this electrical system that can cause a lot of disharmony in our lives. Although I would dare to say that that disharmony is intentional and necessary for you, because if you didn't know what disharmony felt like, you wouldn't know what harmony felt like. So you wouldn't understand the, the power of calmness and the power of clarity. If you didn't also know the opposite. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, I'd love to add a few things here. So you might not know this about me, but my hubby's a six-time pro world champion kickboxer, Muay Thai, all that. Done a couple of MMA fights for Bellator. Now he's with Karate Combat, and he's uh, the whole time we've been together, which is you know since like 2009. I've been doing martial arts too. So when like I started in kickboxing, Muay Thai, and then I also did some jujitsu. So what you were talking about when you're this you know new white belt guy going up against the blue belts you weren't muscling your way through which you kind of do in kickboxing you know you're doing striking with your all eight limbs and things like that that's what my type uses and jiu-jitsu is more like tetris for the body and you can't muscle through those movements you have to leverage technique and high level martial artists get very good at focusing their life force so that's likely why you were able to feel like you were performing really well up against um, these jiu-jitsu practitioners that had you know years on you it's because of that and thank you so much for being just very transparent with sharing your experience not a lot of people feel comfortable to do so i do want to just do a quick little psa that there is something called spiritual law you don't just want to be opening yourself up to you know bill bob and jerry in the ether you really have to make sure that you learn about spiritual law and one of my favorite practitioners for teaching this uh you can actually find her platform practice it's free over at spirit-evolving.com so learning about spiritual law is really important so that you don't inadvertently open yourself up to things that may want to interfere with you. Um, and I have actually picked that up over the last couple of weeks, um, especially in regards to AI. So just and another quick PSA, them. like this is also not medical advice, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> love, uh, I love you, Rachel. I love you, Skip. I, it sounds like Star Wars. It's hard for me to real. I guess I just haven't had these experiences. So, you know, I'm sitting over here like, feeling my, my meditation muscle, you know, movement stuff, but I haven't seen any life forces coming out of me yet. 
Anyway, let's quickly change the subject. Katie, we'll appreciate this though. I have a machine called BioWell. It actually measures the coronaphotona discharge off your fingertips and then extrapolates it into a program to actually visualize your biofield. So we can actually visually see the energy in the form of photons coming off our fingertips and martial artists have more energy coming out of their two fingertips here. Beverly Rubik does a lot of work on this. I feel like I would just break the machine and be like, none, (laughs) like canceled. (laughs) But that that is cool. Like I, and I want to see more of the, I'm sorry, like, you know, I'm so data-driven. I want to see more of this like quantifiable stuff come to the forefront so that we can actually have these conversations in a way that doesn't feel woo-woo, you know, and it feels very rooted in science. And I think we're going to get there. And I think new, we're going to see a new kind of landscape shift in the next few years. Um, so but- Katie, you'll, you'll appreciate this. Are you guys both uh, I, ganging up against me with the beanies and now? <laughs> well, data, data. So, so I can I can forward you a screenshot if you want to include it or anything. But yeah, an hour that. after this experience that I had, I you know obviously had a lot of electricity move through me. Mm-hmm. I went and had lunch, and then I went back to my Airbnb and I put on Elite HRV with my strap. Cause I just wanted to see like, what's the data? Cause even an hour later, hour and a half later, I was still feeling like really crazy. Like my whole body was sore. Cause I had so much energy had come through and my, it's like, when I say energy comes through, I mean like my muscles are squeezing really hard. Right. And there was a certain amount of allowing that, but I, I did my elite HRV and I can show you the data an hour later after lunch, my total power, you familiar with that metric? Mm-hmm. 44,000. 44,000 no. jewels. 44,000 no. on the Elite HRV app with After a strap, tested hour. it twice. Yeah, the <laughs> highest I'd ever gotten with meditation and, 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 and dojo and anything to this day is 14,000. And that was like, I was like channeling and feeling so amazing and got 14,000. So then an hour after that happened, 44,000. That's wild. So I was Have like, I don't know. bio well? I have not used the bio well oh, yet. You, this is going to be a rabbit hole for you, um, because yeah. you will be able to um, measure your jewel output also. Um, and I've actually tested my whole family before bringing in even the somavetic, and even from that, everyone had better jewel output too across the board. It's really fascinating. So yeah, I love the HRV component that you brought in there. It was good. Well, I tested out the dojo with uh, my Muse headband to see what my brain waves look like and. I can actually attest I had a spike in some of the gamma and I believe some of the um, alpha waves. So a lowering of the beta waves, which is what we're always in, and a spike in kind of some more of the calming and healing waves like after the session. And obviously depending on how long the session is. Um, But this is exciting stuff. And I really appreciate both of you kind of chiming in with some cool ways to quantify things. I think that's really exciting. Um, I'd like to switch gears while we still have a little bit of time to talk about barefoot shoes because Mm -hmm. you, my friend, Skip Kelly and everyone in Austin have been kicking around in these cool, slick, barefoot, zero drop shoes. And I got on board because of you, to be honest, like you convinced me when you came to visit us in Hawaii that, you know, my double padded, like 
super thick hokas were just no longer serving me. And so I, but I did follow your guidelines of transitioning from wearing something with so much to support to something with such little support. So I'd love for you to just chime in and talk a little bit about your experience with barefoot shoes and what are some of the like mechanics without going into too much detail about the foot stuff, but what, what would make somebody want to opt in to use a barefoot shoe every day? Yeah. From the most fundamental, like practical side of it is your feet, your lower back and your neck are really intimately biomechanically connected. Like, like easy to show you on a skeleton, how it's connected, barring all this like energy body stuff that we talk about uh, further into the dojo. But as a, as a place for that, if you have any sort of like neck or back tension and you haven't tried uh, doing barefoot shoes or even like trying to just take your shoes off uh, through the days so that you can walk, like wherever you are, if you go to the office, like you might be that weird person, but can you just take them off for a while and just walk around without the shoes and see how you feel over the course of a couple weeks of doing that? And the fact of the matter is your body, I have to believe, was designed intelligently. Like somehow there's like billions and hundreds of billions of humans that have existed through time, maybe hundreds of billions, I don't know, that actually might not be that high because it's exponential, but many billions of us have existed and we all look pretty similar biomechanically, like the way that our body moves, right? So if I assume that whoever designed humans and like that our genome is pretty special, I'm gonna also say that probably my feet are, are really well developed and uh, really well designed. When humans do something like put a bunch of uh, like support under their feet, like I get that, for running, potentially you will actually run faster. The question is at what cost long-term? If you're not an Olympic sprinter and you're not trying to win a gold medal at running, it's kind of like uh, Fortune 5 or Fortune whatever, not Fortune 500, um, Indy, Indy 500 cars. You wouldn't drive that to work every day because it's going to break down really quickly, right? It's not designed for that. And it's the same thing with like the human foot and you're putting a V12 engine on by wearing a Hoka and, and going running like these, uh, these competitive runners would, right? But all the competitive runners that I know and every athlete I've ever worked with, usually what I say is I'm something to the effect of, and this is kind of a premonition of the future of this conversation, but if you continue stretching or foam rolling or wearing these crazy shoes, maybe it's going to make you faster short term, but in the long term, it's going to make you slower because your biomechanics will continue to degrade and your body will continue to get injuries over time. So we can pay attention to that. Um, but also because it's degrading you, over time, like if we switch now and we learn how to do it with like proper mechanics that are sustainable mechanics, that's great. And then usually the athletes are like, yes, I know I'm compromising my entire body by doing this, but I want to win blank. Right. And I'm like, okay, so then we just have to compensate for that. And so the thing about the dojo work, that's really cool. And the reason we've created it the way we did is like, if you do this work and you make those mistakes, but they're intentional, you can still reduce the amount of degradation that happens to your body by making these decisions, right? So either way, it's like you kind of need to be doing it, whether you're, you're doing all the right things by wearing barefoot shoes and trying to keep your biomechanics as 
original as possible. And then, you know, I mean, honestly, to the best of your ability, like no shoes, no socks, right? That's why Hawaii living is so great. But if you do have to wear socks and shoes, it's definitely toe socks because similar to your hands, like would you rather wear a mitten or would you rather wear gloves for dexterity? And something that we can get into that's a little more technical with the brain is that the more sensitivity that you have, the more dexterity that you have, the smarter the person, right? And it's not just smarter because like they're, they're smarter people. They're smarter because the more dexterity you have, the more of your brain is activated by all these things. And the more subtle the control is, the more dexterity in the brain itself, right? So that's beautiful. And I always say like with toe socks, it's like 15 second decision in the morning, which socks you're going to wear. And you never think about it for the rest of the day. So if it even improves my life by half a percentage, it's totally worth it. And same thing with the shoes. But I would venture to say shoes might have like a 20% influence on your life. If you're using these barefoot shoes and you're, you're doing something that's closer to your original biomechanics. Um, that being said, flip-flops are not okay. You always want a heel strap. So just with that caveat, like if your toes are free, that's great. But make sure there's a heel strap if it's flip-flops. And then if it's shoes, like, of course, not wearing socks is even more ideal. But if you're going to wear socks, like toe socks are great. I love Njinji. Shout out to them. They're great. And um, does that answer the question about shoes? Like, definitely. What about high heels? Let's talk about that. I stopped wearing high heels when the pandemic started, and I never look back. Hmm. So okay, it's the same thing. Wedges. If you... Can we? Can we? Can we get a, a like? Yeah. A, you know, yeah. no, no, nothing. I can't. I mean, if you can do anything you want to do. Just make sure that you're dealing with the consequences of that, right? So if you decide to wear high heels after this conversation, you can't unhear these words that they are slowly killing you and your biomechanics, right? And that you might think like, oh, I don't have any issues because I don't have any issues with my feet. But you're like, but I do have this weird neck thing and I do have this weird back thing and I do have this weird gastrointestinal problem. And you're not like connecting the dots that this is all connected and you don't have to understand how it's all connected. Just know that it is all connected. And it's not about, I don't want anyone to focus on removing the bad stuff it would be really good to just focus on doing the good stuff. So like with it, when it comes to food, right, it's not like, oh, don't eat any of your vices. It's, oh, make sure you get your greens and your vegetables and your high quality protein and you're eating fats and things like that, right? Like make sure you're doing these good things and naturally less of those bad things will occur. Same with biomechanics in the body. It's like if you are swear by your heels and you're like, I have to wear heels because I look so sexy when I'm wearing them, then you're like, okay, if you need to do that then do that but you better go home and do some six zone assessment from the dojo and figure out what it's messing up in your body and then heal that every single time and if you don't and then you you get these issues just know that that's always there for you and you can choose to start healing whenever you feel it's right for you <laughs> okay so if i do wear heels for any you know period of time i just need to undo the damage by doing a little dojo and and all is good in the world <laughs> i in, tr in truth i don't actually like have any heels anymore after the pandemic it was kind of like you know i don't have any need for these i mean i there will be an occasion i'm sure sometime in the future when i get married and which i will probably wear a small heel but that's you know i don't 
it wasn't ever really something I did for a long period of time and isn't and certainly isn't going to be something I do extensively again. So um, but I think it's it's important to kind of remember that that it's all freaking related people. What a weird concept that literally to look sexy as women we have to wear like super uncomfortable items that totally f with our biomechanics that were designed by men (laughs) which is another rabbit hole is is there something running in the background that wants to interfere with us so that we live in a more low vibratory state now sex can be very powerful and all of that there can be some really beautiful things to come of that but it's the distortions that we're seeing in the 3d you said 5d so we're just gonna go there so that's really interesting so thank you so much for pointing that out because talking about beauty and and aging and slowing our aging and our our physical appearance this is very intricately connected so that is a fascinating program you just unpacked for me thank you sir I'm like super like fascinated that that you two have such different approaches to these things and it's really awesome to see and exciting to see you go back and forth on your completely different perspectives that you're coming from. I think it's what kind of like it, it we're like the fairly odd couple. Like it's called alchemy. Yeah, I mean we're both Virgos, we're both biohackers, but we definitely have like different approaches and I think it's it's kind of like yin and yang. It's like, you know, the you can, you know, stress your body, but then you need to do some, you know, like stress management as well to counteract. And I think we both like, you know, that's that's sort of our strong suits is like we have different opinions. And I think it's it's exciting to be in a space where you can have different opinions and they're both valid. Um, so yeah. And I, I think coming back to kind of, and I know we're going to, we're running uh, short on time here, but I, I kind of wanted to just touch on, um, some of the other tools out there, like foam rolling, like, like massages, even chiropractic acupuncture. There's so many different methods, you know, traditional methods of, uh, pain management. And I'm just curious, like, of all of these things like can we scrap them all and replace them with the dojo are they supplements like where do they fit in your kind of frame and outlook on pain these days yeah so for some context right out of the gate um for for goodwill from the listeners i had a two-hour massage yesterday um when i show up yeah, it's really, really gentle is always what I ask. Um, and so that kind of sets up the context for my answer to everything in health and like what to do versus what not to do. And it all st- starts with like the original question or the original foundation, the intention of why we're doing anything for our bodies, which is are we coming from a place that the body is perfect and it's very intelligent and it's doing the right thing because it is. It's always doing the right thing. I've never. I. I mean, I'm open to being to being proven wrong about this, and there's always an exception, maybe. But I have yet to see it where the body is not making the best decision given the circumstances, right? So that being said, if I have some tight muscles and I want them to be loose, do I go in and argue with them to loosen them by like beating them up? 
and stretching them. And, you know, I'm, it's not a really a full comprehensive understanding of the system. So the dojo is created because, and it doesn't replace everything, but it definitely does amplify everything. And the more, and this is the whole thing about understanding the mental side, the, the knowledge of why the dojo makes you feel better is because it's all it's doing is we're giving your body tender love and care, beautiful awareness. We're putting your awareness into very particular areas, just like Dispenza says, right? And it's giving your body the ability and more potential to heal itself and putting more energy into your body so it can heal itself. Now, from a physical perspective, that just means that muscles are getting slightly stronger. And when they get stronger, they can actually be looser. So it's kind of like if you in your life right now are really overwhelmed, right? Because you've got three kids and then you go a few more years and you have six kids. You're like, wow, three kids would be really easy at this point, right? And it would actually be way calmer. Or like, for instance, I, I had a, some friends, like I had three kids and they had one kid and they were so stressed out by this one kid. And they were like two years old, like throwing food on the ground. And I'm like, man, just wait until they're throwing bricks through the, the glass. You know, it's a totally different, but I'm so calm. And they're like, are you sure you're okay? You're not stressed if we let you watch them for a little bit. I'm like, this is so chill because my capacity was so increased. So all the dojo is doing is increasing your muscular strength through connection, not through training. So it doesn't look like going to the gym and lifting weights, although that could be a part of the dojo methodology later for you, but it's learning how to heal the muscles, how to heal that connection and how to strengthen them through extremely gentle exercise. So when we look at something like stretching, right, we're essentially saying, so this is called a closed packed position, right? If my arm is locked out completely straight and I brace it against something and then you drop kick me here, you're going to snap my arm in half. So there's two different sensory things happening here. One of them gets triggered, like a scout gets triggered, a warning system gets triggered when I lock it out. That's called a mechanoreceptor. Really, really simple one, right? That's creating just a little bit of inflammation in the joint itself, my elbow, but also in everything around it and in the joints that are supporting it. So it's, you know, quite a bit of small, low-grade inflammation. And then if I start to put stress against that and push that to where it's getting closer and closer to bone on bone, there's a different one called a nociceptor response. And that's exactly what it sounds like. It's a no response. It's a please don't do this to me. <laughs> and that's much greater inflammation. But the crazy part is it's not just inflammation in the joint or the muscles or the things I mentioned. It's also a little bit of inflammation in the brain. And that's because it's just a little map up there, right? And it's like warning, warning, there's something going on in this part, right? And there's this thing you can Google, it's really crazy looking called the homunculus in your brain. It's just like a visual representation or a visual representation of how the brain interprets movement and how it controls different areas of the body. And everyone's is going to be slightly different. Uh, in the dojo, we talk about creating a body map for yourself because everybody sort of has, that sounds funny, everybody sort of has like their own mapping and their own brain structure and chemistry and it can change and it's seasonal and it's all these interesting things about it. But you can create a map of your own body saying, okay, I have this weird neck pain on my right side and every day that I wear heels, I get headaches and that pain is accentuated. And then every day that I do like this foot dojo exercise, like that pain goes away and I don't have any headaches. And that's like a body map. You're like, okay, now I know that that foot thing is somehow completely affecting this neck thing as 
is like my heels, right? So you can create that body map. So when we go back to the, the question of stretching, closed pack position, I'm creating purposeful inflammation. And what's really happening in the body, there's many things. Stretching can be good right? It can be good for you. Increasing range of motion is not always a bad thing, although sometimes it's a very bad thing <laughs> because too much range of motion is sort of like having no boundaries in life, right? And we all know that having no emotional boundaries with people is not necessarily a good thing, but also being completely closed off is not a good thing. So there is a harmony for each person's body, hence the body map idea. But when we're stretching, the question is, are we stretching to feel better? And are we stretching to loosen muscle? Because Ultimately, if the body is perfect, we don't want to loosen the thing that it thinks should be tight unless we think we know better. So what the dojo is doing is we're strengthening the muscle and then the muscle can do whatever it wants to do and the brain can do whatever it wants to do. That might mean you feel tighter. It might mean you feel looser. Often it means you feel a lot looser and you feel stronger and you're more present with everybody in your life and your body, but we're just giving it the option. Stretching is creating inflammation to the point where, and this is most people, this isn't a blanket statement, but most people are doing it to loosen a muscle. So eventually the muscle will loosen However, you loosened it because you beat it up and created inflammation until it just, the brain and the body was like, you know what? I'm out. Peace. Right? Like I, I'm not willing to fight this thing that's creating inflammation anymore. So I'm going to give up. And what you end up with is a looser muscle, but also a muscle with less boundaries. So there's this, there's this nice ratio between like tight and loose where you become like very resilient to injury. And so the question I ask is, is the body perfect? Is that where you're coming from? And you're just trying to help it? Or are you thinking there's like something wrong with the body that you're trying to fix? So same thing with massage. If you go in and like the masseuse yesterday is like, oh, you've got a knot right here. I'm like, yep, don't do anything to that. She's like, oh, why not? I'm like, well, do you know why it's there? Because I don't. And a knot is like a semi-structural barrier to preventing me from going into certain ranges of motion that makes me more stable. I don't know why my body wants it there, but I definitely don't want to take it away unless I feel like I know better and I don't know better. And if I don't know better, you know, I don't, I don't know who knows better. Like maybe there's somebody out there. Right. So same thing with like, um, and, and we start getting some weird, you said acupuncture, that's like a whole other big conversation of like rerouting electrical energy through the body. And in that scenario, I think it's practitioner to practitioner. Some are really conservative and are like super tuned in like rachel would say they're um like channeling and like things are coming through them to help you and then others are like less conservative and are really putting a lot of things around and i've there's been some bad stories um that i've heard of from people but it's not necessarily bad like i'll get acupuncture from the right people and you know it's good because i can have that conversation with them and again you can always set the context with the practitioner like hey my body is really intelligent and it's perfect. I want to be more optimized. I don't need you to fix anything. And then um, foam rolling, right? The context is like, are we smashing something to loosen it because I don't think it should be tight? Um, if there's any human decision-making there, it's probably wrong, right? So it's, again, it's just saying like, hey, the body's really smart. And if I'm going to foam roll, I'm going to foam roll because I just want to give a little bit of assistance, but I don't want to loosen anything um, by smashing it. I don't want to like, that's kind of like saying like my dog is barking too much. So I'm going to kick it. It's like well, the dog might stop barking, but it's definitely not going to be as friendly to you anymore. So it's more like, Oh, let's figure out why the dog is barking and then see if we can like do that. It's going to take longer. Yes. 
and you're going to have to like explore yourself cognitively and like learn more but in the end your dog will love you you know and the dog in this example being your muscles and your body right so you got to make friends with them i feel like there was one other thing that you mentioned that i felt like I I also talked about chiropractic work and yeah, okay. I, I personally yep. know your feelings about this, but I still go to see one from time to time. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not no, chiropractors lie. are great. Yeah. So it's, it's all under the same context of like, like I just came from a network chiropractic appointment just now, which I call like spiritual chiropractic. So just generally with my body, I'm like, be gentle, like anything that I'm going to do, like be gentle, except for my workouts, then I can crush the body. And we love that together. But when it comes to that kind of stuff, like um, moving my bones into a position that someone else feels is textbook appropriate um, forcefully, quickly, um, that, that is a little scary, you know, for me to ever recommend and, or have done to me, you know, but as with anything, the reason the dojo exists is that if I always joke with people like, well, if we break it, we can heal it. Right. So if we create a problem by wearing heels, we, we can also like find out what broke and then heal that thing a little by little. And same with like chiropractic is, um, and there's like 400 or more different techniques and methodologies within chiropractic. So same as acupuncture, it's like kind of practitioner to practitioner. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I would have to like actually talk to that individual one every single time. And as long as you set that context of like, Hey, I know my body's got like these symptoms or whatever, but I also believe it's perfect. And I just want to like help my body gently heal itself. I don't need that person to heal me. It, it's really you've got to start taking that ownership and responsibility of like you can heal you and um, there's amazing stories of people being healed by practitioners and stuff which is great um, but just always ask that question of like is this something where we're healing the body or is this something where we're forcing the body i could listen to you speak all day long i do have one closing remark here uh when we're talking about setting intentions for healing recovery and all of that sometimes setting intentions that are too rigid leave less room for healing beyond what we think is possible so this is getting back to like these unconscious subconscious programs simply will your molecules atoms and cells into willful alignment and dream resilience, vitality, and radiance while you sleep and you skip Callie's meditations and join his dojo. Yes, and just for a, also a little context, we uh, highly encourage everyone to uh, take some time and actually check out the Thrive Dojo. It is a phenomenal course. I'm on there. <laughs> um, and, uh, and there are just, it's filled with like really easy, ready to watch guides and audio tracks that are beautiful like just so easy to do i think it's very accessible for just about anyone in fact a small little um anecdote i have a friend skip who an elderly woman who um is been like a family friend and she's been going through some really bad sciatica and i sat her down and i was like do this course and i kind of walked her through it and she is now doing so much better out of so much pain she's been doing that she's been you know obviously like really light on her body and doing a lot of meditations but i think just knowing that you have access to this information is so powerful because so many of us go through life thinking that we're broken and you have flipped the switch on that so 
if you do head over to thethrivedojo.com, make sure to use the promo code BB10 for a little special savings from us to you. So with that said, Skip, it has been such a pleasure. I am always just, it's such a joy to talk to you. And I always feel like you leave me with so many new and amazing stories that get me thinking about all sorts of things and ways to to use the dojo differently to start you know making it even a bigger part of my life because i i do it you know pretty regularly from time to time but i think that like when you start to up the ante and i will include in the show notes um my friend Kyle got camera's recent video where he literally was so dogmatic with the dojo that he healed his body after we're talking like a horrible car crash in nine days. I mean, he was T-boned and he got his body back to like full, you know, work mode in nine days through Skip's help. And seeing those kind of stories just makes you like, you know, you you just can't help but be like, there's something here. And that's why I was so happy to have you on the show. And I, I just thank you for all the work that you're doing um, in continuing to make this such an important conversation and, um, and make this a really accessible, you know, thing for people to be able to use and grasp and know that they don't always have to be in pain. So thanks, Skip. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's an honor. Thank you. All right. And thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to come back next week for another fun and exciting, riveting episode where we'll probably talk about the biofield a little bit more. Um, but until yeah. then, make sure to hit the bell and make sure to subscribe to all the things. Check us out on Instagram. And uh, yeah, until next time, thanks again for tuning in. We love y'all. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Beauty and the Biohacker today. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave a comment or share it on your social media account and we'll give you a shout out. And don't forget to head over to beautyandthebiohacker.com to check out all our episodes and our favorites page where we include our curated list of products with special discount codes just for you guys. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter because we're sharing some exclusive content and giving ways you won't want to miss.